you know, perhaps the most all-encompassing statement to describe the human person comes from God Himself in the first reading. It is not good for man to be alone. Our Catholic faith is founded upon that idea about the human person. That we are made for relationship. That we are made for love. We're made for community. And the worst thing that could ever happen to us is that community is broken. And one time, John Paul II, early on in his pontificate, was talking about what does it mean to be a human being. And he says, man cannot live without love. He remains a being that is incomprehensible to himself. His life is senseless if love is not revealed to him, if he does not encounter it, if he does not participate intimately in it, if he does not experience it and make it his own, his life is senseless. In other words, without experiencing love in our life, we find no meaning in it. And we can only truly know who we are as individuals in our relationships with another. And that's why falling in love is both the most beautiful and the most tragic thing. And there's nothing that more awakens the human person than when you fall in love. But at the same time, there's nothing more difficult in love than to understand yourself in relationship to the other, to the other person. But it is our faith, it is our belief that it is love that most fully actualizes us. It makes us who we are. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, The Velveteen Rabbit. Anybody? Yeah, it's like probably a book for sixth graders. I'm slowly building up my reading level, so I'm hoping to be by junior high in a couple years. Um, but it came to my mind as I was meditating on the scriptures. And the subtitle for it is, How Toys Become Real. Right, the toys are an image of the human person, obviously. But it's about a stuffed rabbit who wants to become a real bunny. And at one point, he's talking to this old, worn-out horse. With like, you know, his eyes fallen out and arms ripped off. And he's asking it, how do I become real? And the rabbit says, what is real? What does it mean to be real? Does it mean to have a bunch of things buzzing around inside of you? The horse replied, real has nothing to do with how you're made. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with you, but really loves you, then you become real. And the rabbit asked, does it hurt? (coughs) Sometimes, said the horse, but when you're real, you don't mind being hurt. Well, does it happen all at once, like being wound up? Or does the pain come bit by bit? The horse replied, It doesn't happen all at once. You become. It takes a long time. But that's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily, or have sharp edges, or have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time that you are real, Most of your hair has been loved off, and your eyes drop out, 
and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all. Because once you're real, you can't be ugly, except to those who don't understand. Very profound truth in this little story. That to become fully actualized as human beings, it can only come through an experience of love. But to experience that love, to experience becoming real, which is a process, we must be willing to endure the suffering along the way. Because that's what transforms us. Before love can transform us, it must deform us. It must break us down. And we see that most clearly, especially in the lives of the saints. You look at Mother Teresa at the beginning of her life, St. Mother Teresa, and at the end of her life. I mean, her entire body is wrinkled and crippled and arthritis everywhere. Why? Because she loves so much. The saints of the Catholic Church, like St. Kateri Tekawitha, were the most real people to ever walk this earth because they weren't afraid to allow love to break them. They didn't hide. They stayed in it. And that's why Jesus, and that's why the Catholic Church has always been so strong on standing up against divorce. And right now I don't want to talk about you know, those who are divorced or process of dealing with those afterwards. I want to talk about to the youth and about what the, what the idea of the human person is and what love really is so that we can help the epidemic before it gets bigger. So there's a lot of things we could say right now about divorce, but I want to focus in on what's the essence of the faith here. What's it built upon? Divorce is the opposite of love insofar as it protects us. That's the complete opposite of what love is supposed to do, which is make us vulnerable. But love protects us from that encounter. Divorce protects us from that encounter. It protects us from the cross. Protects us from suffering. Protects us from the pain that comes when you put your heart, your living, beating heart, in the hands of another human being, which is the most difficult thing we could ever do. But when we protect our hearts, we actually destroy them because we make them impenetrable. They no longer live and they can no longer suffer. You know, it's interesting that when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, he was questioned, how could you possibly say that men and women can't get divorced? You know, Moses said it was okay back in the Old Testament. What's Jesus' response? Moses allowed it to happen because of the hardness of your hearts. What an image in that. The hardness of your hearts. When we, when we refuse to enter into the drama of life, the drama of love, the drama of becoming real, we protect our hearts to keep them safe. And in doing so, we destroy them by making them so hard. It's like the horse said to the rabbit, becoming real takes a very long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily. 
or have sharp edges or have to be carefully kept. A hard heart has to be carefully kept, has to be protected because it has sharp edges and it breaks easily. And that is why divorce is becoming so prevalent in our times. And it's only going to get worse in our times. It's because, you know, youth, they, you look at their relationships over the internet, over the keyboard, and over the phone. It's so hard for them to actually go on dates because they built up so much of their relationship encountering the other person through the safety of a computer or technology. Science is saying that youth now, it's, it's almost impossible for them to have a face-to-face encounter with someone who's looking at them. The more that they care about someone, the more that they'll just hide their face because they haven't learned how to share that vulnerability in the moment because they're so used to doing it through a computer. It's an image of the human heart that the more we protect our hearts, you know, the, the harder it is for us to even enter into relationship with others. We're afraid when our hearts become hard, they're more, so much easier to be broken. We become afraid of the vulnerability of true love, of putting our heart in the hands of other people who can hurt them, who make them real by wounding it. When you think about it, that's also the reason that drugs and alcohol is such a big temptation. I mean, we got to realize that life is hard and love is hard. And that's one of the, hard, the most difficult things to comprehend is because we're made for love, right? There's no greater experience than falling in love with another person. It's like, finally, like Adam, when he saw Eve, he was like, yes, finally, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. This is what I've been looking for. It was like that aha moment, like someone can save me from the suffering of life. I can share this journey with somebody. They can save me. And you jump on that boat and you put all of your heart onto that shit. And then you come to find out that it's not the paradise that you thought it would be. And the first temptation is to jump or to numb our hearts through the television, through drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be. But when we can understand The reason that Jesus is so big on protecting divorce is because marriage is an image of God's love for us. Human love is the highest experience in life. And it's meant to be an image of God's love for us. And so he says, you must love unto death because I love you unto death. And when you get married, you're doing it as an image of my love for you. And just as me separating myself from you is inconceivable, so that when you stand in for that relationship, it should be inconceivable that no matter what suffering might come, you'd break up. Because there's nothing that could ever happen that would make me leave you. And the more our, our mind and our heart is built upon that image of divine love, of human love reflecting that divine relationship, it strengthens us. To get through. I'll I'll end with this. This is a good quote by C.S. Lewis. He's a big Christian apologist in the last century. But he says, To love at all 
is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in yourself. But in that place, safe, dark, motionless, and airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become something much worse. It will become unbreakable, impregnable, irredeemable. Because to love is to be vulnerable. And to be vulnerable in that love is the pathway to the most authentic way we could live our life. And this doesn't just go for marriage. So as we go forward towards the Eucharist, think about anybody in your life, whether it be family or old friends, anyone who's ever hurt you. And out of that pain, which we all have the same reaction, we all have the same drama where we want to pull away and protect ourselves so we don't get hurt again. There's some relationships where we can't go back into. It's too toxic. But especially with our family, especially with our loved ones, what is a way I can make reconciliation? What's a way I can become vulnerable again by opening that relationship up? And that's what Christ is teaching us to do every time we come to Mass. Because He doesn't just send us a word from the Scripture. He doesn't just send you a priest. He comes to you, his own heart, in the form of frail, weak, vulnerable bread. And he puts it in your hands. And he has you receive it so that his heart can come into your heart. You might be strengthened to once again be vulnerable in your relationships. To not close yourselves off, but have a real living heart. And thereby become real ourselves.